Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris and today's co-host, Stefan. How's it going? And you know us, we don't claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey geeks that love to play, watch, think, and talk about hockey. Uh, so how goes it, Stefan? Uh, you know, things are going well. Uh, trying to enjoy the nice weather right now. It's a little bit warmer, but uh, as I'm uh, staring at the Honda Center right now, it's uh, it's pretty exciting right now. <laughs> Sitting there staring out at work, eh? Just, you know, staring at the building, just waiting for it to fly away. <laughs> oh man i i i wish uh i can't really complain i'm in copenhagen i'm looking at the it's always threatening the rain in this country um and looking out the I, I record in the loft it's a little bit cooler today than it has been in previous recordings uh anyone that's listened even on the most recent recording we had uh the play-by-play announcer for the usphl's northern colorado eagles brendan price on and I was sweating that whole podcast because there's just there was no airflow and it was just stale and hot and um you know or I'm just you know I got really nervous talking to Stefan the whole time but you know it's a uh, you know it's a lot of pressure he's really he's really on his game and uh but no it's it's dark and threatening terrain here but I guess it's always doing that you know I like it though it's a great city I love the general temperature here uh we've only had a really few uh, i guess a couple hot weeks and i'm cool with that i i have thick blood are you uh are you doing a, a decent job getting a good night's sleep with the uh the light sunset out oh well it, it was rough okay so i will say from mid-may to late july it was pretty rough it's starting as of august to start to come down to real i guess real for me uh real sunlight windows of time uh the sun isn't coming up as early and it's starting to go down a little bit sooner and Uh i'm very happy for that you're gonna you're kind of getting back to normal for you yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I'm going to regret that once it gets around um, the end of November into January <laughs> where it's nothing but darkness and seasonal depression hits hard. But I have hockey at that time. So <laughs> I I think I'll cope. The uh, What's the saying from Game of Thrones? Winter is coming. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're going to be in a Twix. Yeah, it's uh, I'm uh, don't like the super bright days, don't like the super dark days, but, you know, all in all, that's that's part of life here, uh, and it'd probably be a little bit worse. Uh, I think the listeners again heard me talking about our hike up in Norway recently, and of course, that's that was what six hours to get up, six or seven hours to get that up north where we where we're from in Denmark. And um, I don't know. I think the sun went down for a couple hours. Um, they really need the blackout curtains there and we definitely used them at our hotel <laughs> um <laughs> that was that was much needed uh, oh, the cabins no. not so much hey just if it counts i'm i use blackout curtains just to uh make sure i don't get glare whenever i'm playing Warzone. i think it's it's needed there um i'm it makes me miss my the only game i play is the nhl game i don't know how sad that is but uh it's the only game i play and i've been without it because i didn't i don't have my ps4 here um oh. so i figure by the time i make it back it'll be ps5 and i'll play like nhl 23 or nhl 24 whatever <laughs> which one are we on we're on nhl 22 aren't we uh 22 is currently out 23 is about to be released i think in september ish so 
typically like uh like whatever year you're in when you get up closer to the season it's like the next like calendar uh, yeah. which is what's going to be on the the game itself yeah, NHL 08 was the first one I ever played. It was the one with Eric Stahl on the cover. Oh um, gosh, what a throwback! That that was my that was like I got addicted so quick. Um, I never never really been any type of gamer. I got super addicted to NHL 08, but uh, weirdly enough, the GM mode, which I didn't think I would be that into, and that's really the reason I get the game. If they could just make GM mode like a full on game on the internet, uh, where I don't actually have to play the games, I'm very happy to do that. And I see there's some opportunities out there, but I've scoped them out and they're just nothing like the initial franchise series with EA that I'm, that I'm used to, but you know, it's definitely uh, the, the NHL franchise, what they have right now on EA, um, the GM mode or franchise mode. I, I think it's franchise mode is what's called now, but uh, very like, I don't know, in depth, there's a lot of tools. Like there's a lot of things you can do. You yeah. can, operate a marketing budget you can set promotional prices you can set promotional nights like it is so crazy how in-depth it really goes and you know for i think most people who play the game they don't play it to set a marketing budget especially yeah. if advertising or sales like they don't care people just want to sign guys trade all the first round picks and load up their teams but um <laughs> you know like there's only a few things out there i think that come close to something like that um i think we've talked about it before with with some of the other guys in the group and it's uh i think i said to you guys the armchair gm you do it on cat friendly and it's fun it's it's it could expand more for sure and i what they do for it like just to kind of have it up and running i think is good but uh you know for for some of us hockey nerds out there who like to go a little bit more in depth there's just it it could do just a little bit more and it'd be even more fun yeah it's i i played with it and you're right i think I could use it and I, I don't mind it running like I would like something where you do it like you do with the with the NHL franchise. Or I guess the NHL game franchises, you know, it runs you through your seasons. It, it puts you through the games. It shows you how, you know, players are performing. And I'm definitely not the guy who picks you know, just trades away my entire future for uh, for a player now. And in fact, if a player. My wife laughs at me when when she'd come into my office and I would be playing that because I'd have it up on the big screen on my actual television. And I had like a dual screen monitor and a laptop and I would be like I would have a screen with all the statistics like I run my own roster on my own spreadsheet. So I have my own thing where I can visualize what I need to visualize to, to manage the game. And then I have something happening on that TV. Then I just have like the Internet open on like one screen and then I usually have like hockey no kidding, like hockey TV up on another screen. And she'll walk in there and she's like, it's seriously an addiction for you, isn't it? I'm like, yes, but I <laughs> love it. Cause really I'll, addiction here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, for me, I think it's a good addiction. And of course, I'm surrounded by like my goalie pads in the office and all my hockey paraphernalia because I have a ton of very unique collectible hockey items and I don't know, man. It's, it's it's what I surround myself with there. And before you and I actually get into the entire subject of this podcast, which is going to be we're kind of picking our our top five favorite players of all time is I was going to also mention as me and Brendan were talking last week, we're going to be doing a USPHL after dark fantasy kind of league between us. And we'll get we'll try to get all the, the hosts on it. I think we can at least get the hosts on it here and then we'll probably get some of our USPHL contacts as part of it. But uh, we're establishing the rules of what it's going to look like. 
And it's not going to be like first person versus this person type week. It's going to be cumulative points throughout the season. Um, you don't really get to trade players away or release players to pick another player up. There's going to be rules that guide if it's time to let a player go based off of the fact that they haven't played in multiple games or they moved up a level or they got traded outside of the West. There, there's going to be a lot of different rules in there and anyone listening can join that league and we'll start putting the information up there and, and what they can do to prep for a, a specific draft. I plan for us to do the airing of the draft too, is the second we're done with the, that draft episode is immediately do it like a quick drop episode and push it out there. Uh, so people can hear how the draft went and going to set up some very unique strict specific rules and i think it's going to make it a lot more entertaining for us and listeners to uh know that someone like brendan can't load up on noco and and (laughs) someone like michelle can't load up on pueblo and you know i can't load up on like ogden or provo or you know you're going to be forced once you pick a player from a team to move on from that team you yeah if you if you pick up like i said if you if you pick up a guy from the ontario junior reign that's your player from the reign you've you've now been eliminated from the rest of the players on that team so it's gonna force people to kind of get more involved with other entities within the west yeah no and that's i think one thing that makes the the west region between the pacific the mountain um i can't remember the top of my head the other names of the division the northwest yeah the northwest um you know between your seattle's uh oregon's uh other you know utah's idaho colorado you know having that kind of new landscape on the western side um it's exciting it, it's exciting to see you know there's a lot of familiar faces kind of spread out a little bit more now um i think everybody on the west will try to dethrone uh fresno and, and utah and the outliers yeah and, uh, you know, you know, respect to their programs. They, they've showed up and they've done it back-to-back years. And they've represented the Pacific and the Mountain. And then, you know, we're going to get somebody from the Northwest who's going to go to uh, Nationals this year. So it's exciting. You know, it's exciting for the USPHL and what they're doing. Um, you know, teams moving up to the NCDC, having an NCDC West. Um, it, it's, it was always part of the goal to, to continue to grow and build. And, uh, you know, building hockey out West. Um, I know hockey is obviously very predominant and no disrespect towards the East Coast, but obviously my bias is out here. A lot of phenomenal athletes. I'll tell you this, man, if football and basketball didn't exist, some of the best hockey players in the world would be right here. And some of them are still out here. But, uh, you know, I, I think that's kind of part of what makes uh, growing up playing sports so competitive is that there are so many young athletes that are so, like, talented in so many different areas, so many different sports yeah. that they're able to take one thing from one sport and apply it to another some pick hockey some pick basketball some pick you know golf whatever that might be you know shout out to seth jones but um, that's just kind of like the nature of the business right like you just want to see those players advance move on and, and you know do what's best for them so it's exciting for sure no it is and it, it, there's a lot of talented players out west and in terms of the hockey community it's it's been tough for local players to stay local and yep. i think this expansion in the west is really going to help that and you're going to really start to see some of these players develop farther than what they could have in the past um, because they're able to now perform at these higher levels at home and um you know i think uh again uh, with the usphl premier nationals i think uh They could warrant a restructure. I don't know what they're looking at for the 22-23 season, but uh, um, if anyone checks out the uh, the hockey focuses 
blog, and it's uh, going to be the tjhpodcast.com uh, is where you'll be able to see the, the story I wrote about how we, th- I think, not we, but I think that the path to the USPHL Premier Nationals could look moving forward. I think the way that happens at the Nationals, I think it's fine. I think the route to get there needs some modification with how big the league has come. And uh, I go into enough detail to make it interesting without making it boring, I think. So, you know, give, give, a, give it a look at the Hockey Focus. They're also on Twitter. I think this is a good time for us to actually transition into our top five NHL players of all time, and let's let's get into it, man. You want to really quickly, because I know we're going to, for time and for you listeners out there, we're just going to quickly hit our 10 through 6 with no much more explanation than the fact that we personally like them, and then uh, we'll go into our uh, top five. So 10 through 6, Stefan. So I'll go, uh, I'll start number 10. Um, I'll just do a quick thing here. Uh, number 10, Connor McDavid. I think uh, what he's been able to do, his body of work, in such a short amount of time has been nothing short of uh, spectacular. Um, I think he's the next greatest player since Sidney Crosby. Um, He is just phenomenal. Being able to see him in person, see him on every highlight, just he's 10. And he's just going to continue to go further up the list. Number nine, I got Steve Eisenman, the captain. Um, Again, another guy who I looked up to, idolized what he did with Detroit really changed the franchise, set the tone for everybody else with all their Hall of Famers they had. Uh, number eight, this one was kind of, uh, this one was actually a little tough for me because I think he was very beneficial or he was the benefactor of a very stacked team that played a certain way that I despise. And that's uh, Marty Brodeur. No hate towards him, but uh, I do I think those wins playing on the trap, it, it's a little bit more forgiving. But uh, then again, you still got to make the saves, and he did it. So, you know, props to him. He's all-time winning as goaltender. And then here, number seven, I got uh, Jaromir Jager. Uh, not only one of the best Penguins ever, but one of the best hockey players ever. Continues to play. Owns his team in uh, the Czech Republic. And I think I, I remember, I'm, I'm probably going to misquote this, but he basically said, I'm going to stop playing when I stop owning the team because that's the only way I make the team now. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's just who he is. You know, he he embodies hockey. He's going to play until he literally can't anymore. But uh, that's just what he does. And then uh, number six, and unfortunately, this one might hurt, but uh, I didn't have any goalies make my top five. But Patrick Wall, Patrick Wall, number six. So he's my uh, one of my favorite goaltenders. Dominic Hashik is also one. He was probably in that 11 to 15. But um in my opinion, the two best goaltenders ever are Patrick Wall and Marty Brodeur. Um, and I think that's just because growing up watching them, they were the guys always doing it and getting it done. Wow. Well, I'm, I'm glad that uh, your list is going to be able to balance mine because I didn't have a non-goalie make the top six. So <laughs> it's uh, as a goalie, I, I love my fellow goalies. In fact, there's only three players on my list that aren't goalies, so they should stand out for good reason. <laughs> but uh, I, 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 I appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate Marty being in your list because he's, he's definitely on mine. Uh, oh, yeah. But at number 10 for me is Andrew Ferentz. Uh, was just a shutdown defenseman when he was active. You know, he played between Boston, Edmonton and such. Um, and I also just really like outside of the hockey aspect, just his more 
direction towards environmentalism as me as a big environmental guy myself i like what he's been able to do and and now he's we're still working in the nhl and uh not only is he doing the environmental aspect and how the nhl and, and arenas and such impact the game and he tries to make things more sustainable and tries to make knock things down to like zero carbon and all that stuff but he also works with like diversifying hockey um, i just think outside of the ice outside of his playing career he's also a really good stand-up human just big big fan of that type of player especially me as a sabers fan it hurts me to pick somebody from boston who played so well for so long who he stands out as a person is really what stands out for me uh and making my top 10 number nine for me is ryan miller i love miller i mean one of the best goalies uh, of all time he's gonna have his re- number retired by the buffalo sabers this year i know he's played with your ducks he's played with vancouver he had that short stint in st louis um to never get that cup is heartbreaking and and you always look back to when it was over when when his playing time was done uh that video of him standing there with his parents um just shows you how much the game meant to him sabers fans are still in love with him and that's going to be noticeable uh this year when we put his number 30 in the rafters number eight vincent lecavalier god what else can you say about lecavalier i mean he was just the face of the lightning franchise for so long was such an incredible, impactful player, really liked everything he was able to stand for as a captain. He wasn't he was a captain that would stand up for his teammates. And that's what I liked about LeCavalier. He didn't back down from uh, altercation. He is for what I look at um, and guys like him uh, and I'll throw other guys like like uh, Aginla as well. Um, they stood up as captains, and that's what I look for when I'm looking at leadership on a team. Uh, number seven, Dave Anderchuk. He was able to actually win his cup with Tampa Bay. Growing up, being able to watch Dave Anderchuk as a Buffalo Sabres fan was just absolutely, I mean, just as a goalie, wishing that one day I could get on the ice with him and try to stop him. Uh, he was just, he was a leader. He was just a hardcore player. I was just, I mean, he was like that forward when I was growing up that, you know, I idolized as a, as a goalie. And so all the shout outs there to Anderchuk. And at number six for me is Steve Shields. There isn't a week that goes by, I think, in at least a decade that I don't jump on YouTube and watch him and Snow go at it. Anytime I was going to jump onto the ice, I would always play that video. Uh, that's just the type of goalie I am, I guess. And, you know, <laughs> for good, for better or for worse. Uh, Steve Shields was a character. He was a tough, tough player, uh, amazing goaltender. And, uh, yeah, just for me as a Sabres fan, as a goalie, uh, loved, loved, loved Steve Shields. But uh, that was my uh, 10 through 6. All right, so let's break right into number 5. And we'll go into some crazy detail without going into too much for our listeners out there. Um, they should be jealous of our, I, I think, our top fives. But nothing but forwards or defenders for you. So not no goalies and nothing but goalies for me. So <laughs> shoot. Number 5, this is uh, a lot of respect. Obviously, growing up, my family being predominantly from Pittsburgh, even though I grew up out here in uh, California. Uh, I got number five, Alex Ovechkin. He, uh, he's going to be the leading goal scorer here. Probably my guess. He'd have to have a crazy either this season or next season after that. Um, I think he's at like 780. So I don't know, like 
I could I could definitely see him breaking the all-time goals record in the next two seasons if he just goes ballistic because that's Ovi. But uh, yeah. he is seeing how much he changes the game when he's on the ice, his longevity, his durability. Um, I think he's one of the few or if not the only one who's ever gotten uh, an all NHL left wing and right wing in the same season. Um, just uh, incredible. Like what, what he's done for hockey, what he's done for, you know, DC um, and what he's done for, for his country, you know, around the world, like it, as far as the sport goes, um, nothing short of, of, you know, just amazing. So uh, definitely got to give respect where it's due and, and Ovechkin, you know, number five on my list. I think that's a, that's a good selection. I, I do love Ovechkin and he was, uh, if, have, had we had a bigger list than top 10, um, Ovechkin would have been featured uh, as a, like I said, secondary Caps fan, um, just loved watching him live for so long. Uh, just a generational talent. I mean, just one of the best goal scorers this league will ever see. Uh, for me, at number five, I chose quite the character. Uh, love him and always will. Ilya Brzgalov. Again, X duck right there, but he was on Arizona when I was at an event that I was sitting next to. At that time, he was the... GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I think he was also president of hockey operations, but it was Brian Burke. We we're leading up to the 2010 Olympics, and I was basically I just had to just poke the bear at a table full of Maple Leafs fans, uh, as he was a you know the the leader of the Leafs, and all these fans were sitting there, and I was sitting there as a solo Sabres fan. So uh, that's a whole other story for another podcast. But we were debating the 2010 Olympics upcoming. And I basically said, uh, Russia doesn't have a chance this year. It's it's us is going to see Canada in that gold medal game. And we're going to take down Canada. I got close. I got very close, but, uh, you know, and I said, and he kind of looked at me and we were discussing and I'm like, well, right now their goaltending is just struggling. It's weak. And he snapped back at me. He's like, bullshit. Brizzy, I brought that kid into this league. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not saying he's not a great goalie. I have literally two of his, you know, Yotes jerseys. I love Brizzy. The problem is right now, the the main goalies for the, the Russian team at that point were all struggling in the season. They were all struggling. Ryan Miller was just on fire. Yep. Uh, he was just having one of the best seasons of his life. And I'm like, he's goaltending is going to win us the gold medal. Um, and it almost, again, it almost did. But uh, uh, said the kid exists. So... That'll always stand out to me in, in that moment. But Brizgal has always been a character, and it just really came to light when he was part of Philly. Love Brizzy, and uh, that's why he makes my number five. Briz has probably got one of the best memes, even though he didn't make it. And uh, it's the one that goes, <laughs> why Why you got to be so mad? <laughs> it's only it's only game. What, why you have to be mad? <laughs> no, it's, he's, it's got, he's got so many good quotes. I, I quote him at least once a month, too. Um, are you afraid of the penguins? No, I'm not afraid of penguins. I'm afraid of like the bears in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he, oh, he, he's definitely a character. He's a character for sure. And you know, uh, again, another guy who he saw a lot of crazy moments in hockey, and uh, he was part of a lot of crazy different things. I think here with the Ducks, he set a, uh, a shutout record um, in the 2000s. I have to double check that, but 
you know, he's a guy who, you know, he's been on both sides of the, of the league. He's been on, in California. He's been in Philly, you know, uh, just that's what we want, right? We want that opportunity, you know, to, to be part of something like that. And, and he's done it. So, and then he's got these funny memes to go along with it. And people remember him from that. So, you know, he was a phenomenal player as well. Obviously he was good enough to be in the NHL yeah. and, you know, he's, uh, he's number five on uh, Chris's list here. It's number four for yours. Well, it's funny that you mentioned Penguins because I have a few of them on here. Um, <laughs> at, at number four, um, I think, uh, I mean, my bias wants to put him higher here because he's uh, my favorite player of all time. But uh, Sidney Crosby, I got him at number four. And uh, before I just go off and rattle away, you know, all of his stats, it just you look at what he's done again in the sport of hockey, similar to Ovi. Um, not so much in the the public eye as far as like social media or, you know, he's never really been in trouble. Yes, people have complained about what he does on the ice or that, he not, you know, he might, you know, whine to officials, things like that. My response is typically you haven't watched the game since 2013, if you keep saying that to me. But, uh, you know, Sid, you know, he's got three cups. He's been to four. I know it's a team sport, but you look what he did. He was a post away from scoring one of the best. Stanley Cup final goals of all time in the beginning of game six against Nashville. If you go back and watch that, he splits two D-men, goes in, drops to a knee, hits the post on the left side, Pecorine. That was game over for him, basically. Actually, that was game five, excuse me. Um, but just growing up, idolizing a guy, watching a guy for me, um, not only did I feel like he as a player continued to grow, but he as a leader, as a person continued to grow. And it was hard to not want to reflect that same type of growth in my own personal life. So, um, you know, that's why for me, he's number one. But I think in terms of hockey, where there's a lot of respect there. Um, and I think I would lose a lot of credibility if I put him number one. Um, you know, I, I think number four, he slots well. And, you know, depending on how he finishes some, he could potentially, you know, threaten, you know, the top three here. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I don't know what else I could say about Sidney Crosby, and and I I pretty much guessed he'd be on your uh, top five list, and uh, could not put yeah. him there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought he might have been a little bit higher, but um, but yeah, it, it makes sense, and I can definitely predict uh some other Penguins that might uh that might be there, oh. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but for me, number four, I've got Clint Malarchuk. So when I was a kid and I was growing up um, and I wanted, you know, I guess I started to identify as a goalie uh, because I had told the brothers and they needed someone to shoot on um, and stuck me between two garbage cans and the rest is history. Um, at, uh, at that point, I just started watching the goalies when, you know, we'd watch the Sabres on TV. And uh, as much as I do recall that, my first big hockey memory was the Stanley cup finals in 91 between the penguins and the North stars. Uh, and John Casey, for that reason, I have that Jersey. Uh, the Sabres goalie at that time frame was still Clint Malarchuk. And that's who I wanted to be. He was our goalie. And I, you know, everybody grows up idolizing that one player. And for me, it was Clint. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I have his Jersey as well. And we've interacted very, few times um but he's you know really stand-up guy and i know a bunch of people that were able to interact with him a, a lot more and um different events that uh he'll do ar around the country and uh nothing but 
nothing but good things just uh, I've heard um, from other people's interactions as well. And uh, uh, I think he's settled down in Nevada now. And um, yeah, by all means, I mean, it's it's hard to not have your childhood hero, the one you idolized as a kid, not be in your top five. So yep. yeah. pretty appropriate. We both put uh, those guys at number four, eh? Yeah, we did. Right. And I think that's maybe why our top threes will be uh, a little bit more interesting because the the guys we grew up idolizing landed at four. So who landed at three for you? Well, so this is where I think it gets a little, you know, it depends on what who you're a fan of really between these three teams. Um, I think my list is a little bit more traditional in the sense that uh, this is, I think, what most people would see or, you know, what they would list. But um, for me, number three, one of the guys who changes the game, uh, definitely did on the back end. We now see a young Kale McCarr doing what this guy has done. But, uh, you know, for all the Boston fans, you know, here's a shout out. It's the only one you're getting. It's uh, Bobby Orr. Oh, yeah. Who's that guy again? Just kidding. Yeah. Who's that guy? <laughs> uh, funny story. So last year with Ogden, and the last several years, we've had Ogden X Media be a huge part of what we do operationally during games and uh, with the uh, series, the documentaries and whatnot. And one of the, uh, the guys there, Jimmy, he, uh, he, when we, he and I first met, he looks way younger than he really is. So I don't want to age him too well, but unfortunately I might hear, um, but we were chatting a little bit and having a good time. And he goes, I don't know much about hockey, but I will tell you this. I was born the same day. One of the greatest goals was ever scored. And I started thinking, I'm like, well, Sidney Crosby wasn't born that long ago, so I'm trying to figure out which one of his it was, you know. But uh, no, he goes, it was the the goal that Bobby Orr scored against the Blues, you know, where he's jumping after, you know, kind of gets a stick in the legs. And, and you know, that's his kind of claim to hockey a little bit. Well, it was at the time. And now he's got a lot more. But, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you just think of images. Uh, you think of different moments. I don't know if there is a better picture of a goal a post goal whatever it is like of that moment than than that particular one of Bobby Orr because you think about it you know playing as a defenseman um I don't know what the averages are now overall uh, you know you see a lot of these guys on the back end you know like Akil McCarr or you know we've seen Eric Carlson grow up John Carlson Chris Letang um you know among many many other very good guys. Victor Hedman's another one. Whereas they all have played in a way that he basically made it to where defensemen aren't only defensemen. You know, they're not just guys sitting back, you know, like, you know, like Larry Robinson could have easily made this list. But Bobby Orr is the one who changed the game. And the top three guys, I think the top five um, on my personal list have all changed the game in some way or another, but these three especially are foundational to the way the game is and has continued to evolve. And that's what makes hockey so spectacular because these guys, these young athletes will see these guys, you know, your Ovechkins, your Crosby's, they saw some of these guys and then they went and put more into it. And now you have, you know, probably the number one pick next year, likely Connor Bedard, uh, doing a lot of the same things, the Connor McDavid's, the Austin Matthews. It's, it's, but Bobby Orr is one of those guys who hockey isn't the way it is now without him. And, and that's just, uh, again, a lot of respect to him and what he did for the game as a player in management, um, his, his career afterwards, what he continues to do. So 
yeah, Bobby Orr, number three for me. Yeah, it is the most iconic uh, photograph of all time for hockey. Um, it is the hockey photograph that every hockey fan knows. And I don't think there's another one really that exists like that out there in the hockey world. Um, it is the most iconic photo. And yeah, he was everything you said <laughs> as a player. So uh, there's there's different reasons why different things are named after him. For me, number three, he was on your list. For me, he lands at number three. That's Martin Brodeur. Uh, again, growing up in that time frame, and he was a young goalie at that time, and he was just, yeah, they, he benefited from the trap system, but th- that's not the only thing that's going to win you a cup. You needed someone like Marty Brodeur back there. Uh, by far one of the best goalies, if not the best goalie of all time. Uh, that could, again, be a whole other episode. Uh, <laughs> as a Sabres fan, idolizing, again, a Devils goaltender, uh, it was almost like almost like a, a secret. Uh, it wasn't something you did, uh, you nope. know. Growing up in Buffalo is, you know, we had guys like Hashik. Uh, you know, we had guys like um, Bayron, and here I am. I'm just like, no, Brodeur. Brodeur was the icon of what you wanted to be as a goalie. And yeah, I definitely threw my arms all around and flopped around because I was still young and had that flexibility to pull Hashik moves. But uh, Brodeur was that guy that stood out for me in net and he was just always just so solid in net um that uh i don't know what else i can say about martin broder but by far one of my favorite goalies of all time he's made my mask um so that says it all but uh i, I just he is probably the biggest reason i continued to be a goalie into adulthood because he, he's just incredible um and uh and I know you mentioned him earlier, so I don't think we'll have to go too much more into Brodeur. Um, but I think our top two each, I guess the top four of this podcast, is going to be uh, some really good talking points. So who landed at number two for you? So uh, number two for me is, uh, you know, again, not, not that I'm worried about credibility or anything like that. But uh, it was I went back and forth for about five minutes, so it didn't take too long. Um, again, my bias leads one way. Um, that's where my heart is. My head says, Steph, don't, don't mess this up. You, you kind of know what it is. So for me, um, number two, uh, I think he'd be number one if it wasn't for some, you know, health issues, Mario Lemieux, um, the Magnifique. He, he, Pittsburgh does not have a hockey team past the late nineties without him. I think obviously most people in hockey who've been around know that. Um, just a guy who, again, uh, how how you were supposed to defend him, I don't know. Uh, one of the greatest defenders of all time, Nicholas Lidstrom, uh, definitely. I know for a fact his quote and said that he was the best player of all time. That was his opinion. Um, but again, you you get a guy like Mario and. He comes back from Hodgkin's lymphoma, lymphoma and, uh, you know, he gets a standing ovation in Philadelphia. And again, Philly fans, they don't hate like Pittsburgh, like them as people. They, you know, it's a, it's a rivalry thing, but to have that sort of respect among your peers in a sport where rivalries are so important, Mm -hmm. um, it just goes to show how much people actually appreciate him as a player, as a person, um, I know as an owner, 
the city of Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh fans appreciated him. Um, I think the sport of hockey, I know his number isn't retired and I don't think he really cares about it being retired league wide. Um, but there's obviously a lot of respect there when other guys, they, that number comes around, they're like, Nope, 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 not taking it. No way, no how. And, um, you know, obviously outside of one other guy, uh, maybe two other guys for some people, um, his name is typically on that Mount Rushmore, uh, of hockey players. And, uh, it's a shame that it was cut short, but, uh, you know, he's, he's got a lot to, you know, keep his head held up high. And, you know, he just uh, was part of the, the sales group. So he's got a, a lot of numbers in his bank account that he can share at any moment with me or with you and with the podcast. And, uh, it makes us all a little bit more happy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what else can you say about that? Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it's just Mario is Mario. And just like I'm assuming you probably guess who my number one is. Number one is number one. It's just those guys, the sport isn't the same without them. And they, they did things that were uh, above and beyond what they could have done or should have done. And, and they just they gave it all. They, they gave it all on and off the ice. And so, uh, you know. It means a lot. That's why, you know, the league's got 32 national, you know, teams uh, around, you know, the U.S. and Canada because of guys like this. So and there's a lot of guys who didn't make this list who were also part of that. So um, no disrespect there. Obviously, it's my list and my list is right. Chris's is also right. But <laughs> that's this is our podcast show. And that's the end of it. That's true. And I'm looking at it because I'm like, he's picking some really great names here. And I'm like. I, I went back through my messages with you just now. And as you were talking about that, I'm like, I meant with this podcast to kind of pick our, I, maybe I miscommunicated it, but are you doing like the, what you think are the top players of all time or your favorite players of all time? So I thought we were doing top players all time. <laughs> I did. I read it. You were, I read yours when I read it. I'm like, no, I swear I said favorite. I sent you top. I'm like, shit. i don't know i I see picking all these great players i can't imagine first of all vetchkin made his list and everything and i started wondering there i'm like well whatever and then when you start bringing this up when you said with lemieux he's like oh if he ain't gotten sick i'm like best players we went (laughs) um, (laughs) well so i I had a feeling once you said andrew ferentz i was like okay i maybe he wants some clicks uh, i'm not gonna say anything and it was steve shields you know dave andrew chucks i mean dave andrew chucks a really good player and i was like i i kid you not i looked through my messages as you started saying some of these names i was like (laughs) did i really just mess that up i felt so bad so the night listeners get to hear some uh some little miscommunication there because i did accidentally send you top um i meant to say favorite because <laughs> um, I definitely have a different list over like top versus favorite, but the listeners get to hear this uh, this fun little uh, hiccup, anyways. But uh, so we're doing Stefan's best players of all time and my favorite. <laughs> hey, because I two good lists. They are two good lists, and maybe next time we do an episode, you'll list your uh, your top five favorite, and I'll do my uh, top best ever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, because when you started explaining things, I'm like, oh, I definitely think I messed up. Because I'm like, <laughs> no, I swear I picked favorite. He he messed up, and I looked. I'm like, oh man, I said top, and I'm like, why would I say top? Anyway, I anyway the listeners, you get to enjoy this. Um, but uh, <laughs> you know, it happens. Uh. It's really also for us to get the communication because I don't know if, if I mean people if you listen to this frequently you'll probably sick of hearing this but the the time difference between all of us is critical too so 
you know, I'm sending you a message where I'm going to bed and you're just in the first few hours of work um, oh, yeah. because you're all the way out in, uh, you know, Anaheim and I'm out here in Copenhagen. That's a nine hour difference. So, you know, I'll see messages when I wake up and I'm groggy and I'll respond to them because I just mute my phone at night. So I send people messages at all different times. Um, so I'm just going to shout out Jack Jones. Jack Jones is going to be on a future episode here where we're going to be talking about uh, kind of the experience you get with billeting because uh, we've had players ask for like, what are they going to expect? And and as Jack's done it for the last couple of years in Ogden, uh, we're going to talk about his billet experience. You know, I'll message him and he'll respond. And I'm like, bro, isn't it like three o'clock in the morning there? But then I also remember what I, when I was 21. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. So it's, I don't expect people to respond when I message them and they're in, in North America. Um, I just expect when people wake up. That's why I know you'll probably wake up in California and look that I text, you know, I texted you like 2.34 in the morning. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. if I don't get it out, then it's not I'm not going to get the message out there. But uh, I guess we'll move into my second favorite player of all time. And uh, for that, that's going to be Michael Newberth. Um, he played with the Sabres for a short stint there when we were attempting to tank and, uh, people were getting pretty mad at him, um, because he kept stealing wins. Um, and that's when we were trying to get eventually what would not work out in our favor anyways, because I mean, Reinhardt is now a Panther and Eichel is now a golden Knight, Uh, but the tank didn't work. Um, and I think the NHL could find ways to fix that in the future. That could be a whole other podcast about why I think the, uh, the lowest team doesn't deserve the first overall pick, uh, or even the lottery chances to have a first overall pick. I think, uh, it should just be a straight, you know, uh, it doesn't matter. Colorado won the Stanley cup this year. Um, their ball ends up in the 32 ball pit and that's how that stuff works out. Um, cause I think it just encourages, uh, um, tanking. And uh, as a Sabres fan, um, that hasn't worked out. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> think it should be a benefit. I think they should try to put a winning product on the ice always. And, uh, if the fans are going to pay to watch the games, it should be something worth watching. But again, that's a rant for another podcast, but Newverth was our goalie during the attempted first tank. And, uh, yeah, he was getting a lot of hate because he was winning. Um, so then they started to replace him. <laughs> and so, so we could lose more games. Uh, but he's just a cool dude. I mean, again, with the, the very few interactions I had with him, he's just really down to earth, uh, chill guy. Um, you know, he just, as a Sabres fan, he won me over very quickly, and I got probably the ugliest Sabres jersey of all time, but I got his name on it. It was when we had that gold front thing going on yeah. for a season. Ugly, but I own it because I'm still a fan that buys the jerseys because I have a problem. Um, but, yeah, I got Newby's jersey, um, so he, he gave me a little shout-out for that. That was cool. Uh, I was living in England at the time, but, yeah, Newberth. Um, so, Stefan's best player of all time in the NHL. Go for it. Well, it's uh, it's probably pretty easy to assume who this one is. Again, I don't think uh, there's a reason to mess it up. Uh, it's Wayne Gretzky. You know, he's the only guy who's got his number retired in the league. He's the only guy who will have his number retired in the league. Um, let's just put it this way. He's got a season with 92 goals and 120 assists for 212 points. And that wasn't even his highest point total he ever had in one season. Um, he's got more assists than guys have points. Uh, you know, he holds the all-time goals record. He's got multiple Stanley Cups. He, you know, is just 
what 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 do you say about him that hasn't been said right like what well, what's the stat 50 goals in 39 games i mean he yeah. he he owns so many records you know he's got 47 points in one stanley cup season uh, a couple years later he's got 43 um just what what he did for the sport um you know being part of the trade goes to la um creates just this whirlwind of buzz for hockey that basically exploded here in California and basically kind of helped jumpstart everything in the last, you know, 30 years, um, especially where I am, uh, that again, a lot of the top guys, not only are they the best players, but they're the most, some of the most foundational players. Um, probably one of the guys who, at least for the top 10 all time greatest, who a lot of people probably include is Gordie Howe. Um, certainly no disrespect there. And I think going through this list so quickly, it became more of a, um, I didn't want to exclude goalies because I think sometimes they get excluded from top 10 lists a little bit too much. Um, like you said with with Marty Brodeur, uh, yeah, you can benefit from that game, but you still got to stop the puck. You still got to be the closer, yeah. if you will. And, and that's what he was. So that's why I think I made my list that way. Um, but guys like Gordie Howe, again, another, you know, foundational piece to the sport you know that Wayne looked up to or that Mario looked up to or you know so but with Wayne um he is just he's the great one you know he (laughs) there's nothing that he didn't do on the sport or didn't accomplish that he didn't want to except maybe you know score another thousand points if he wanted to but that's just what he was had a lot of great teams and uh but you still have to have that chemistry together you still have to kind of grow together and that's what they did yeah i mean it's hard to argue he's not the best player of all time uh you know i i'll I'll still try to argue it uh for fun and i may again make a podcast out of that um and pick another player and argue my points but uh at the end of the day his uh his stats speak for themselves and um yeah what else can you say (laughs) about about the great one. Uh, you know, I think there's a couple other numbers that should be retired league wide, but, uh, you know, I guess that's, that's a topic for another podcast as well. Well, uh, dude, on this podcast, I've come up with like six or seven podcast subjects. So <laughs> get ready listeners. Bonus episodes galore. We, we had a, a, a little mishap here and it turned into uh, possibly a little few gold nuggets. <laughs> it might happen. Uh, oh yeah. It's, uh, it, it's going to happen. My favorite player of all time is going to be Marc-Andre Fleury. He's the only active player on my list, including, well, I had a guy down at 12th who's still active, uh, but we never went over them. But yeah, Marc-Andre Fleury, he's a character. He's a Stanley Cup winner. Uh, I don't know if you know who he is. I think he played for the Penguins for a little bit. Um, <laughs> but I mean, he's just, I, I have never seen, truthfully, a goalie that's been able to accomplish what he's accomplished and be able to stand for what he's been able to do throughout the league and yet be so, I mean, the first time he was, I don't know if he's ever been traded for anything realistic. The Penguins made the dumbest move in the last decade in hockey by letting him walk and keeping the alternative. And I called that as a BS move at the time. And my I, I mean, I was proven right tenfold. I wish I had a live podcast at that time because I'd 
I know. At least Steve can back me up on this because me and Steve were just losing our minds. I'm like, no, you, you go with the guy who got you there. And I understand, oh, well, we got this future goalie. I'm like, it doesn't matter. How how much has that not panned out in history? Um, and it didn't for, for Pittsburgh. And I think they still regret it to this day. Uh, Vegas was then just as stupid <laughs> because they got the best in my opinion, uh, probably the best goalie. He's, I think by the time he retires, we'll be able to call him that the best goalie in the NHL history and just won the Vezina and off he goes for basically nothing, nothing against uh, the, the return trade. But when you're talking about a Vezina winning goalie that season, who's won multiple Stanley cups and is the face of your entire franchise and you just let him walk. Well, now Vegas is reaping the same rewards as Pittsburgh's reaping. I I know you're a Penguins fan, but I I hope both those teams continue to suffer as long as he's still in the league. (laughs) Uh, And, uh, you know, and off it goes to, you know, Chicago, at least Chicago made a reasonable trade when, when the time came and, and it was time for him to move on. And now he's with Minnesota and hopefully Minnesota's the one smart team that's able to hold on to him. And I think it was very smart of them to re-sign him. I think the the contract length and the, the, the level of the contract is just right for where he's at in his career. And I think he really gives them a strong fighting chance to be a team that can go deep. And I'm not a wild fan. So congratulations, Jack Jones. I hope your team wins a cup because he's on it. Because I think that I just want him to put that in the faces of Penguins and and Knights fans when he's the reason the Wild are able to win their first Stanley Cup. I crave that moment. And I don't care if it was with with Minnesota or Edmonton or wherever he ended up that wasn't Pittsburgh or Vegas. I want him to have that moment because I just think Pittsburgh letting him go was horrific. And Vegas, the way that happened was even more so because at least at least Pittsburgh was trying to think of the future. Vegas, I get it, but I also don't. I I just think both teams were significantly mismanaged there with the best player slash goalie uh, this league will see. Humble opinion. Yeah, no, I uh, it definitely was not fun to see flower uh leave it wasn't fun to see him in another uniform um i think if anything summed up what pittsburgh meant to him um and what you know penguins fans mean to him or, or what he means to them uh you just watch the moment they gave to him the first time he played in pittsburgh following mm-hmm. his uh expansion draft pick and uh just full of tears among you know the crowd for him um his teammates you know, it, it was something that uh, I think a lot of people wish they could go back and uh, have that one back. But um, the only thing I'll say for Matt Murray's sake, uh, I think he was an exceptional goaltender as well. Um, things haven't necessarily panned out for him, but I, I do think he unfortunately had some things in life happen that um, have just affected him a little bit. So uh, I don't think he's listening, but if whatever reason this comes across, uh, I hope he has a <laughs> tremendous year in Toronto because when watching him, he he had this kind of his this swagger to him that he was so stoic, kind of like a Braden Holpe when he was with Washington for so long that you were just like, damn, this guy looks like he's just on his game. I don't know what's going to happen. And then, um, like I said, unfortunately, things haven't panned out so well for him. But I think he, you know, again, he might be a little bit more rejuvenated he's on a a really good team in toronto 
that I think if they get through game seven against Tampa, um, it's quite possible we could have seen them in the finals because they looked just incredible. But Tampa was Tampa. Like they, they are a good hockey team and a good franchise. So, um, if there's teams to to emulate model, it's it's certainly them, but, uh, going back to flower, uh, just what, what can you not say about the guy? He, I can remember watching prank videos that they had in hallways with Matt cook. uh, (laughs) I think Craig Adams and, and some of these younger guys that, that were around and just, Everything he did, he always wanted to be a part of something. You know, he chirps his teammates all the time. Uh, he has a lot of fun playing the game. I think he gave a wet willy to uh, Blake Wheeler one time. Like, it just, he is such a good goaltender, but he's also a kid at heart. And uh, I think it just, it just goes to show that a person like him, you can't find enough of. And, uh, you know, we'll give a shout out to Jack Jones. I hope your wild go 0 and 82 next year, but I do love flower. And I hope, Ooh. I hope he, I hope the wild go 0 and 82 and flower isn't on Minnesota, but no, that's not going to happen. Uh. It'll really good to have a good time. And you know, uh, nothing, nothing but the best for flower. Obviously I just, I wish he was still wearing black and gold. I wish he was wearing black and orange a little bit with John Gibson, you know, maybe a little one, two, a couple Pittsburgh guys, but, uh, no, I think, uh, I think it'd be pretty fun to see what's going to happen next year. I mean, I don't want to throw shade there at Murray, but I'm like, the difference with the situation is I think what Pittsburgh mismanaged there, I feel like St. Louis managed properly. They had Huso, they had Bennington. It's hypothetically, they're in the same situation. I think you trade Huso before you lose him for something or nothing, um, which they were facing with two amazing goalies. And I, but again, for me, Flower had proved himself for years. And I couldn't at that point imagine anything but uh, the black and yellow, which, again, I don't like. But I couldn't imagine anything but that. And I had a flower. I literally had a flower Pittsburgh jersey. That's how much I liked them. Now I have a flower Vegas jersey, so Ooh. I'm not trading it in for again. I'm just – but that that's what it is now. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Yeah, hey, hey, hey. I, I lived there for a while. I, okay, I, I lived uh, in Vegas. But, you know, they're in Utah. <laughs> well, we'll have to uh, potentially uh... – Start a GoFundMe to get you a new flower jersey. I don't know if we can rep this Vegas one. <laughs> no, I'm not not a fan. I'll take a Gibson Ducks jersey. How about? Hey, yo, hey, love Gibby, love Gibby. <laughs> hey, like I said, he's a big Pittsburgh guy, but uh, you know, he's uh, he's definitely got he's got a young, good core coming up here. And uh, if any of you guys are watching World Juniors, we had a couple Ducks last night for Team Canada really stand out. Obviously, uh, Olin Zellweger, Mason McTavish, and Nathan Gauche. So, and I think all of them had points last night. Two of them had goals, and then I didn't see after the first period because I got busy with other things. But it's it's going to be exciting. So, if any of you are looking for a team, you can watch the Ducks. We're 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 going to grind a little bit. We're building up the youth, but uh, we're coming. Yeah, and uh, I think this might be a good spot to wrap this up as this podcast, I think, went on way longer than you and I anticipated. So, uh, you know, for you listeners that are still here, Thanks for still being here. But that said, we do want to thank all of you for tuning in. Be sure to reach out if you're in the junior collegiate hockey world and you wish to get on a future podcast. Also follow us on Twitter at PHH Official to let us know what you think. This was the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and Stefan. Take care, guys. And remember, listeners, always clear your crease.